Oh no, man. We forgot it was Christmas. Shh. Let's just not address it and maybe everyone else will have forgotten. Or 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 we can go orthodox Christmas route. Uh, that was an idea. Maybe we'll mention it in the news, but I saw a thing that was like Ukraine is not observing Orthodox Christmas. They're sort they're observing regular Christmas or what? It's not Catholic Christmas. It's it's Western Christmas. Oh, I, I don't know. What do you call it? Uh, heresy. Pangenitor, Panthage. In the third aeon, I was the Dark One, the Devil. In the fourth aeon, men knew me not, for I am the Hidden One. In the fifth aeon, I appeared before you as Baphomet, the god before all gods who shall endure to the end of the earth. In this new aeon, I appear to you as C.M.N. Imagine that there is a brilliant white light just above. Is commentary on the magic art. In the year of the final form, the door of terrestrial birth. Oh, that was very educational. Now magic will take place. Don't be fooled by what. Welcome, welcome, everyone. I'm Stay Mary Kennedy, and this is Chaos Magic News, the only podcast that's telling you the truth about Raycon earbuds. What is what is the truth? God, like, don't you just wish that was a sponsorship? Oh man, that would be like the perfect oh, way to. God. Yeah, no, we couldn't do a sponsorship. Like, you couldn't be like, "Hey, welcome to the show. Here's the ad." <laughs> I think I think we can make it work. Maybe if you'd started with like this episode is brought to you by Raycon earbuds. Stop! No, we're not actually brought by Raycon earbuds. Just so everyone's aware, we're never gonna have sponsors. The truth is, Raycon earbuds put like the yerk from um, Animorphs in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that laugh joining me is my very observant co-host, co-host Lumbo. How you doing, co-host Lumbo? Oh, oh well, it's, it's just terrific to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, see, my wife, loved, well, she's behind a couple episodes often. She'll <laughs> she'll put it on and then she'll be like, I have to go do magic. And personally, I don't, I don't know. I like a bowl of chili. <laughs> but it, it's, there's one thing that's bothering me. And I'm just, maybe you can help me out. You being a chaos magician. <laughs> okay, if nothing is true and everything is permitted, well, is that true? It's a bit of a secular, <laughs> circular, I, I don't know. It's over my head, really. This is so terrible. Well, it's also worth noting that my attempt at a Columbo impression is, it's a Johnny, it's Johnny Francis, isn't it? <laughs> It's uh, just like gravelly. Like, I, I want, don't know what's going on. That's your job. You know, that's <laughs> we need a Columbo Johnny Francis crossover. That's what we need. Oh, no. Could you imagine? 
And, you know, Columbo's like, well, and that's just one more thing. And Johnny Francis is like, and that's your job. Well, are you saying that it would end with Johnny Francis or rather it would begin with Johnny Francis committing a murder of some kind? Yes, because Johnny Francis is a known criminal. <laughs> Johnny Francis kills me to get more time on the show. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Oh, actually, no, he killed Gary behind the glass. Oh, yeah. Gary isn't joining us this week. No Gary behind the glass this week, folks. I know you're all so sad about it. I mean, I'm a little sad. That's my homeboy. Anyway. So what's this episode? Um, well, why don't we get out the uh, the intro topic? I think that's what we do here, right? At the top of the show. Do we want to establish that we're actually sitting at a table together doing the episode? I think they'll be able to tell. Will they? No. No. Because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> and they would know that we weren't in the same room together unless we told them. Yeah. 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 No, we're we're kicking it in Chicago. Yep. Yep. The Windy City. Land of the Bucktooth Snake. We got to spend the holidays together, which was really cool. Yeah, it's always a good time. Got to kick it. Been drinking for the last, like, four days. I wouldn't call it that. Nah, it's not that bad. But we have been tying one on a bit, yeah. which is why, like, now we're doing this at almost 2 o'clock in the morning, drinking coffee. We're exhausted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's the holidays for you. Oh. Wow. It was the holidays. We wasn't didn't do it? we didn't anything. Do anything. No. Last year we were we were on it. We did a Christmas special. We did like a buyer's guide. We did Yeah, we were all over the holidays last year and, and, it, and we had a special that timed right with Christmas. So we were mm -hmm. like, now we get to break from Christmas because you're all sick of it. Instead of this year where we had like the special around Thanksgiving and then a drought all through the holidays. <laughs> Y'all got like one episode. So They'll be okay. They'll forgive us. Yeah, maybe. Crickets. <laughs> the two listeners that we still have after that, they forgive us. But... Just Coco, what's up? Local, what's up? <laughs> Jay, what's up? Loki. I know it's probably been six months since this episode aired, but we're glad you made it. <laughs> uh, you and co-host Lumbo's wife. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do we want to talk about the intro topic? Yeah, because that's the format. That's that how the show works. the format, the tried and true formula. All right, this is actually a really simple one. Just uh, somebody arguably smarter than us. <laughs> I always feel like you need to say that. Like when someone else presents an idea that you use, you just go like, <laughs> someone's smarter than one. Really, it's like this person said something and I'm going to, on why you're wrong <laughs> i'm not even gonna say their name <laughs> folks i don't know if you heard that but the dog on the couch like moved in a way that sounded exactly like a door knock i thought the boys had, the thalama boys had found our location oh no they found swat in the podcast they're, they're thalamites shouldn't they be able to send like a like a ghost Shouldn't Horace like show up at my door and just like stab me or something? They're just gonna come on you. That's the easy joke, right? Yes. Got they got a bug and they named it CMN and then they hit it with a fly swatter. <laughs> Someone presented the idea that uh the one of the many attainments as you ascend in uh 
rank and uh, what's the word firstly like knowledge or whatever one of the attainments you should get is genius and they say that should express itself in a uh, new and novel forms yet what we see mostly and this is about the lemma so specifically that but you can you can extrapolate the greater or lesser occultism but it's all of these uh instead of new and creative forms of expression we mostly all just regurgitate the same garbage over and over again whether it's art writing and everything else and i think with chaos magic especially when the idea is innovation new ideas experimentation you still see the same thing so is is there something to that because i could easily argue that just because something's new doesn't mean it's good or useful or even interesting just because you can paint the mona lisa with your butt cheeks it doesn't go like oh wow isn't that great <laughs> it's weird looking at you doing this i'm sorry <laughs> um okay you suck. so so my issue um reading the original quote I felt like he was talking a lot more specifically about the lack of um, artistic or technical innovation in various fields of art in relation to, again, Thalema specifically is what they were talking about. And to apply that to the whole of occultism feels a little bit off. But it does cut to the big issue at Chaos Magic anyway, that most um, occult and magic systems are relying on established aesthetic forms in general, like the symbolism of uh, most of the Lemic um, rituals are very much taken from the Golden Dawn, yada yada, Freemasonry to an extent, that sort of thing. But there's like established forms and aesthetic that kind of develop and grow throughout most of the Western current. And then there's the big split of like, um, I guess arguably people like Kenneth Grant, but mostly Spare, and then the later Chaos Magicians being the people that were whole hog creating new things and then kind of trying to make greater systems that could just be used once and then thrown in the garbage or just on their own individual level. I guess that's it really is that uh, what I think the person complaining about Thalema is bitching about is that Thalema isn't progressing in an, a more individualized way, but that's all you ever see in chaos magic to begin with is people trying to do that. So the bigger problem you get is like, um, <laughs> I don't, don't get mad at me for using this analogy, but I can't think of a better one. The um, you get like the Chris Chan types who like make their magic systems out of like the cool parts of other things, and then like you know, Optimus Prime. Oh, oh, like the the amalgamation of pop culture, mm -hmm. or, or or you know, to another. But you're talking is like very heavy syncretism, but there's a level of of a. Not even syncretism, because I feel like syncretism would mean you have some sort of underlying theory. What I feel like most maybe, people... Maybe heavy-handed or, or even shallow. Simultaneously heavy-handed, but incredibly shallow syncretism. Because now you're just mashing up aesthetics. Yeah, I guess so. And maybe yeah. I can go into something about the... Because uh, like 
one of the quotes that I think is actually useful with Jung is like the archetype is not the archetypal image. Right. But it's the idea that in modernity, at least, and I, I hate that we use those terms because it very, it's like you need to. Have well, a, no, I mean, there's plenty of people you could use the term modern. I feel like well, our we, listeners we, are we smart enough to know we mean like of, when we say it, it has a certain connotation and a certain we mean like post enlightenment thinking is okay. what we mean. Right. Sure. But anyway, the point is, at least in the modern age, let's go with that in the modern age. We have a lot of ideas of anything can mean anything. So we just need to, you can just slap whatever image you want on top of any idea and try to make it work. And that's not inherently a bad thing, but it does lead to, uh, like I said, that kind of shallow, just smacking your Lego pieces together. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of it comes from the, uh, uh Kabbalah tree of life as like the universal firing cabinet the a Where lot of it comes from like fit. the yeah the the tree of life kind of cabalistic filing cabinet idea you know like 777 where you just your goal yeah I saw a new god from a different culture a different tradition or whatever thing where does it fit yeah, on the that tree is clearly Tipperath you know this right, is clearly yeah. a solar deity or some shit. which again like to a point that's what it's for at least in that sense, I'm not going to talk about the hermetic Kabbalah and the um, actual Jewish Kabbalah. Point is um, that a lot of it comes from that idea of almost, I guess, uh, to go back to your, the archetype is not the archetypal image thing where it's, it's that idea on display where they're trying to say that all of these things, oh, it means something like, so it's like one of these things that we've decided it can be. And the step further we get into post-modernity is trying is realizing that all those categorizations are pragmatic at best and just willy-nilly at worst. So here's the here's the the rub that I think is the important distinction here too, because when you want to talk about it, it's like, oh people are only regurgitating the same uh, artistic or m symbolic notions or whatever. Part of it with Thalema specifically, which is what the initial complaint is, but we'll we'll go we'll go broader again in a second. There's the struggle of say you were a Christian and you wanted to somehow overhaul a thousand you know two thousand years of established historical progression. Like, what if you just came? You know, it's 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 dogma. It's it's the be it's the beginning where it's like yeah, with the guy on the cross bleeding is no no no. We need the buddy Christ. <laughs> you know, we need the one where he's just pointing. Well, they, finger they have down. kind of done that in a cultural sense. I mean, you know, the like Vatican II or like Well, oh yeah, that too. But I was thinking more of just the general cultural shift of Protestantism in America. Oh, where like it's American Jesus. Well, yeah. Cue the song. No. No. No bad religion on my show, damn it. <laughs> uh, we, okay. But that's the thing with, with Thalema, where it's like there's a, you know, you have the winged serpent, you have the, the our boundless lady of space, you know, there are certain, you know, the Stele. Yeah, you have Horus, you got Harpocrates, if you really want to. Uh, Beast in Babylon. Beast in Babylon. Like these are symbols that are important because these are part of the worldview. This is part of the system you're working in. 
And if you want to be true to that system, you have to maintain a certain level of the symbols meaning what they're supposed to mean. Now, and you can apply that to every greater tradition or two, and that's the struggle of chaos magic of the the balancing act of there's the the notions like Phil Hine talked about it with the idea of like trying to come at things as authentically and as as whole hog as possible while still maintaining that air of results based or um or eclectic approach the other end of that which is a a radical approach to the structure or nature of these things where it's like yeah you can plug and play all of these and it's if you can but that's the that is the balancing act because if you get to your if you get to the point where all of your symbols are leveled you know everything is equal then there's no intelligibility there's nothing that actually means anything so it's only what you ascribe to it in the moment and that's fine but it doesn't give you it doesn't give you a roadmap and you know map is not the territory but you need a map to move through the territory otherwise you're just tripping over rocks and hitting your head on stuff you know i hadn't here's the thing i don't think I don't think anyone could ever actually get to that point without being, I, well, I'll put it like this. I think by the time you're getting to that point, you were already like well out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think you were, you, you've already lost. I feel like to get to that point means you're already in a sort of nihilism that would make magic. It's like an uber nihilism. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's that sort of thing of like, if magic meant that to you, like if magic had as little, differentiation you wouldn't even begin to see your results anymore right like you because you're you wouldn't be able to make that connection because it, it would be an, an, the negation of so much of the world itself already does that make sense or am mm, i just rambling barely i don't think people <laughs> listening will understand i get what you're saying i don't think people in the outsider anyway that. um not because they're dumb, but just because I'm picking up the four levels of subtext that you're. Throwing. He's seeing my hand motions right now, mm-hmm. so he's like, "I know I'm getting exactly the, I'm what seeing you're the gestures." <laughs> no, what you don't see is the big blackboard he has behind him, where he's mapping all of this out <laughs> in the red thread. Yeah, but then on the other level too, it's the notion that like the people that get good at magic or the people that get all these good spiritual attainments, like why aren't they doing more radical stuff? Yeah. Well, we've talked about that, I think, a little bit. Our general problem with the contemporary occult figure, because what are they doing? It is like all of them, they're doing the same kind of crap. They're writing books that barely sell. They're making, you know, they're grifting by teaching classes to people. Well, okay, here's the issue, right? Grift implies that it's a scam. I'm not saying, oh, no, these people are not grifting, but it's only in a grifting in a broader sense of like. You shouldn't you shouldn't pay somebody money to explain very basic occult ideas that you can explain for free. Right. Yeah, it's not that maybe you'd be better off just doing yourself. I think uh, before we started rolling, we talked about uh, because in the complaint, he has another comment under it that's like they're doing the same classes on the same stuff that everybody's been doing for a while and it's like yeah but a lot of times these things they almost come off like bible study like the lemmic bible study (sighs) 
Well, it's, I mean, hell, even if it's not I'm that sure, these things don't I'm have sure a place, but it's like nobody's we're not in the we're not in the age of well, actually, maybe we are. I guess it's it's there's the two notions. There's like the Bible study class that explains the basics of, you know, like Jesus died for your sins. And this is what happened with Noah. And these were the tribes of Israel, like that sort of thing. Like these are just facts that you should understand about the spiritual, whatever that you're looking at. And then there's the mostly like an internet slug fest, but it's the, it's the modern age equivalent of the church fathers, like trying to beat each other over the head about who's, whose heresy is more heretical. <laughs> Jesus had to have died physically because if he died spiritually and revert, then it doesn't matter. Anybody can do it. That ain't special. If he only revived spiritually, then like, whatever. I could God say, God the Son and God the Father are of one substance. One substance, but God they're not. Damn it. But the but the Father is not the Son. Is no, not the son. God damn it. Yeah, but like that's that's those are. Maybe there could be classes on that, I guess, to a certain extent, and there probably are, but a lot of it is like how to use the Thoth tarot. Or even like with chaos magic. It's, you know, at that thing I said where if I see one more thing that's like Sigil 101, I'm going to blow my brains out. Ultimately, to a point where we fall a bit into the sort of remedial chaos magic area at times. I get that. Like, I get it. It brings people in. It's accessible. It gives the old head something to criticize you about because they're like, oh, you explained that totally wrong, you idiot. But there's there's definitely a lack of variety of what people are doing. And I know there's people even in our discord. There's like, no, there's plenty of good things. You just got to look for it. It's not that there aren't innovative ideas. I think it's just the do we do we say that just because someone is doing something different, it means that they're doing something good or something correct? I mean, that's value assessment. That's not that's that's a real thing. That's a real hard thing to pin down. I guess almost the question is, suppose you are really good at what you do, but it's not different and it's not innovative and it's not a shocking revelation. It's almost like, are you, you know, being a good priest? A good priest doesn't rewrite the Bible. The good a good priest makes the Bible accessible to his people. And I keep going to like the Christian metaphor here because it's very basic and simple. And I think most Westerners get it. I understand that on a baseline, magic is not the same as religion. Thank no, well, you know, thank you God know what? for that. Here's what I'll go actually. It's the difference between like the good doctor and like the good researcher, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is actively looking out new and exciting ways to do things. You don't want your you don't want your heart surgeon to do a to to be experimenting on you. Or, you, <laughs> you want new methods of heart surgery, but well, no I mean, like, it, it's context it's context sensitive. It's like you know you're definitely going to die in about two days unless I do the experimental heart surgery, and then you'll live to be like at least at least twenty not. more years. But if you I might do it get wrong, your heart more. will explode. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, and you'll be awake for all of it. But I, I think, as a general rule, want you want your heart surgeon to be very well versed in the most effective and current methods. You don't want him freestyling while he's cutting you open. 
Yeah. But, you know, hey, if he's got the genius, if he's an artist, that's what he should be doing. Yeah, yeah. That's why you're not going to have the quintuple bypass. That's all. Haven't even invented that shit yet. Oh, quintuple. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it only goes up to quadruple, right? They put a. Or do they? they or do they just keep going up until it's like. They stick. There's no heart left. They're sticking more ventricles on you so that they cannot use them. <laughs> okay, the last thing I want to say on it is just sort of a general idea about how art progresses. And how I guess philosophy and thought and you know magic being encompassing of all that kind of shit does progress, you know, in terms of great moments, if that makes sense. Because I don't want to say it's purely, it's never purely an individual, but it's definitely never a product of just historical development. You know, and I'm not going to go full blown Marxist on you there, but there's a especially in the occult. I mean, at least there's a, a genuine area where certain people hit both the the Veltgeist, the world spirit, you know, they hit those moments. And being have, in the right place at the right time, but also being the right person. Right, yeah. Maybe that's the problem for most of the occult, is that not all of us are even after that. You know, do you want to be the next Aleister Crowley? Do you want to be the next Peter Carroll? Do you want to be the next Osman Spare? Like, you know, maybe. But if you really, you know, to a certain extent, if you wanted to be the next Austin Osman Spare, you'd be like, I'm doing my shit and I don't care if anyone fucking finds it. And you better hope that there's a Kenneth Grant to like let people know your name or whatever. But it's it's also the thing of history vindicates those people. Right. You know, Crowley, it's not that Crowley wasn't a big deal in his time, but. Crowley is cemented as uh, a, a near mythic figure now. Now that everything happened, you know, things when that, that Aeon thing actually worked out. <laughs> Everybody was just, I don't know. I think a lot of us are still questioning that. Who knows? I don't, I don't I'm just making the point that like he was a, he was a, he was notorious, but well, it's like Gurdjieff in a lot of ways too. Yeah. Yeah, where I, I think in his age, Gurdjieff was very well respected. It had a lot going on. But I think after their pat like in the in the contemporary age, Gurdjieff is way more red and way more influential than they were during their life. And the same thing with Crowley, same thing with Spare. And I think that's the point that's being missed with the light of genius moving the world. How many people come in and innovate in their age and then see like the full fruit of their labor in the world, you know, very rarely. And then in the way that we were talking about being in the right place at the right time, you know, it's like how exceedingly rare are those moments, right? You're almost throwing up the, and, and I don't know, like, I don't think the initial complaint that's kicked off this conversation is saying that everybody needs to, to become their own prophet and bring in their new age. No, I think, I think that, this person just doesn't. But at the same time. I mean, they time, just want to bitch. That's all this really is. But it's an interesting <laughs> thing if we take it seriously on its own merits, as opposed to just being a crybaby baby cry, <laughs> which is what it was. Crybaby Thelema Hour. New show. New coming. show. I met Daniel Gunther and he said I looked like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> crybaby Thelema Hour coming to a Patreon near you. <laughs> I I gave 
$400 to the Guntherites and they sent me a slab of concrete. <laughs> they swore it came from Loch Ness and they put his album on there and said, this is from 74. Oh boy. I find Gunther's guitar solo is a bit meandering for my taste. How are things going to the Jimmy Page Playhouse? Do you know? I don't know. We can talk about it in the news, maybe. Okay. Is that where we're ending this one? Just with the crybaby Thalema? Uh, yeah, and if you want more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. You can do as little as a dollar to as much as you humanly want to give us because we've already spent the Raycon money. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, we'll close in prayer. shit oh i see what it is you bet you put a kink in your cord and it held the audio it was right and then you let go (laughs) the audio spills out like a garden hose but for sound yeah exactly like hang on like let me like a sound garden hose. wait oh that gives me an idea do the uh do the um the what's in the news bit but hold all the sound in the cord. So when I let it out, it goes. Yeah, so it all comes out at once. Okay. So really, you could do like a... What's in the news? <laughs> Almost like that. Yes, exactly like that. So what is in the news indeed? See, we have a problem because there was an episode that was supposed to have come out already that is not out yet. And if if I don't get it, within like the next couple days, I'm going to put this episode out and that episode's going to come out later We're and the news will be dated episode. It'll be the lost episode where we talk about loss. <laughs> it's a very magical show. Uh, but what has happened since the last time we uh, did one of these? Do we want to talk about Trump getting tossed off the Colorado ballot? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Trump has been tossed off the Colorado ballot that's probably going to go up the chain to figure out if that's legal or not. If it's constitutional, even though he did a naughty. And I don't want to make... It's not that I don't think that what he did was... That whole January 6th thing was a, a clusterfuck and it's messed up, but... I'm really cynical and I just don't think anything's going to come of it. It's He's not going to be held accountable. That's just all. Well, we said he wasn't going to get indicted either. We've been wrong every step of the way. So who knows? But also, uh, is it Michigan? Michigan, like the the Michigan Supreme Court said, we're not even going to touch this. We don't care. So that's, you know, one state threw him off. The other state said, nah, we're not. We're not even going to entertain this. The idea of a former president, for one to an exceptionally popular candidate, someone who is always crying foul on election interference, basically saying they don't want a fair election because if it was, I'd win. So throwing off the ballot is basically giving, you know, it's giving him what he wants. It's getting him to be able to point and say, look, I told you because they knew if they just let me on, I'd win. They stole the election last time. Now they're just going to not let me run. Now they just won't let me run. Which, I mean, to be honest, as far as I can tell, it's like he hasn't, has he been convicted of anything yet? No. Not that I can tell. 
So there's no real grounds for his disqualification yet. It wasn't like a preemptive, like, oh, once he, if he is, um, if he is found guilty, we will disqualify him from the ballot. They just said he's disqualified. I think this was either a really, I don't know enough about the situation, but I know it's either a really bad move by someone to try and get him off the ballot, or it's a tactic so they can be like, no, we're going to preemptively make sure that we can't kick him off the ballot. That's true. They want it to go up. They the want chain. this to go to the point where they say, no, you can't do that, which would make sense. It's just a good defense. But we're also we're really we're coming down to the wire. You know, it's going to be it's going to yeah, be November ready. before you know it. Got a very short window for a lot of court cases to wrap the fuck up. And then that's the thing, like, say he gets elected now and then the court cases aren't done. Now the president is on trial for something that happened when he was president but yeah it is crazy to think that it's been almost four years already it feels like as far as an era of politics it hasn't stopped like all of this has happened at once (laughs) every every weird political happening in the last like eight years happened both five minutes ago and in an eternal nowhere the Hunter Biden stuff, like that, right? The exact same thing. How long has this been going on? Part of it's just because, of course, it, they were just talking about it and kept bringing it up over and over again until eventually he was actually charged. And then, like Hunter Biden goes like subpoena. I thought you said Subway sandwich, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not hungry. So you know, that's to me, that's. That's wild. I understand the the logic of he wants like, well, I, I want this to just all be out in the open so that you can question me and then try to spin the narrative however you want. Still like, damn, Congress can't enforce a subpoena because it's the president's kid or what? What's what's going on? Because if I had done that, they'd have me in front of the Congress, like strapped to a gurney looking like like, you know, Silence of the Lambs, a muzzle on me and everything. Yeah, they would have you on stage like King Kong. Yeah. They just shoot me. Yeah. You know, again, it's this it's the cynicism and I keep harping on it about the cynicism sometimes is an attempt at looking at the world for what it is. And sometimes it's an armor that you wear so you don't have to meaningfully engage. And I think right now it's a little bit of the latter. It may be a bit, but it's also like, come on, man. I I only bring up the Hunter Biden thing to say because it's sort of the contrast of the the Donald Trump thing where it's something that feels like it's been going on forever since he took office pretty much or hell did it start before he got elected before um, before Biden took the presidency I don't know I know he always had shit that he was doing that was fucked up I don't know if it was this specific shit no, that was fucked up and no it had to have been before like they try in the run up to the election four years of very little getting done and it's mostly because we have to string these things out so that when no one suffers any consequences for their actions people are just fatigued and there's other things going on they're like oh yeah there's a you know man like three wars have broken out since then so if we want to talk about other people not suffering consequences for their actions um congressional staffers like more than one just be fucking just dude. be fucking you want to talk about like people and to, it. 
you know what you want you want you to bring that sort of oh my god no i didn't watch the fucking video what do you mean why not because i'm not fucking 12 it's your journalistic integrity on I the line here the, you don't know they told me there was fucking in it and it was in the fucking i don't want to watch it either but one of us needs to i think you need to take one for the team oh so you haven't watched it yet no i ain't gonna watch this oh um, fine i'll watch was there tape of another one because i know someone i know a second person Garrett, got caught but was it video gee i know you're there in spirit <laughs> pull up the video <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> Johnny, no, no, no. I can do it. I know how the buttons work. This Johnny Francis as like an actual character thing just isn't going to work ever, is it? It's always going to be like the clumsiest shoehorn. <laughs> this is our curse for having put a character into the first episode. In the very first episode. And people listening probably don't even know. They, every time we bring them up, they're like, like who the fuck is Johnny? is Johnny? Why are they this? doing that voice? It's not even good. Like, it's still clearly them. <laughs> How do you feel about people fucking at work uh if i can't do it at my job why do you get away with it because you work at the kindergarten oh that's fucking nasty don't say shit like that oh i'm sorry because you work at the dog pound because you work at the dairy queen that's that's the joke you were looking for because you work at the dairy queen and your nasty body does not go on the griddle plus you're gonna get burns you know you want to have to explain to a doctor why you have a chicken finger shaped burn on your ass? No, because I just put my work. ass in the blizzard. Damn, boy. That ass just about as thick as the blizzard. We do have a, a constant theme of competing narratives, trying to create a worldview. And then we also have the constant of a magician as the con man. The battling court cases and the stringing it along and everything like that, and even playing to my cynicism is part of a manipulation tactic to keep people from engaging or to give people the proper spin to what's going on so that they're pliable. But the congressional uh, aides fucking, that's just a, a, an out, a crazed outlier. I don't have anything magical to say about that unless, like, was it sex magic? <laughs> OTO? <laughs> Imagine it was like Imagine if you found out that shit. This was the ninth this was somebody getting their ninth degree. And they got a ninth degree from their boss afterwards when they were fired. That would be like, oh, do you remember the the hoax from years and years ago at CERN where they were like doing a fake sacrifice where everybody was wearing robes? Vaguely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too hung up on it. It's just like, imagine the, imagine, imagine the, well, no, no, just like imagine the, some, some congressional aide, you know, they, they hearing all of these, all the skull and bone stories and, you know, weird, you know, Jerry Epstein, satanic, you know, sex cult type stuff. And they're like, dude, I got an idea for the funniest fucking video. <laughs> But instead, it's always like, nah, this will just sell on my OnlyFans. Nobody's doing it for the kick anymore. No one's ever like, yeah, God, it'd be real funny, wouldn't it? Like, no one wants to commit to the bit. No one wants to commit to the bit. Indeed. Indeed. In 2024, when you're looking for a candidate that's willing to put the real issues on the table, stop and remember who is willing to commit to the bit. I mean, that's... 
that's Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump says some outlandish shit that he knows is not true, and then he fucking commits. Um, speaking of um satanic sex cult, and did you say Jerry Epstein? Uh, did you already forget? What is the dude's name? Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> It'll look it up. I see him looking at his phone. But yeah, federal judge orders documents naming Jeffrey Epstein Associates to be unsealed. More than 150 people are expected to be identified in early January. The judge has just forgot that he's on the list. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, oh, no. Until the guy who's responsible for reading the names has an unfortunate oopsie. <laughs> It's going to say all no, 100 oh, no, he and, and fell down 175 stairs and then shot himself 30 times in the back. Man, I can't believe what an unfortunate suicide. He he threw himself out of a window onto a pit of spikes. Got him before that to make sure he he uh, he took a whole bottle of pills and <laughs> shot himself in the head three times from behind even. Oh, no, he gave himself a full frontal lobotomy and then decapitated himself and mailed it. <laughs> and he also wrote this heartfelt note to his family and friends. Stop asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there's no handwriting. It's all cut out. from. So here's the thing, right? If it's a list of 150, is that the entire list? Because if it is, I don't buy it. You think it was more? I, I feel like it's got to be more. What do you, I feel like it, the fact that they're releasing 150 means there was more. Means there was, yeah. It's 150 so that you don't see the the other 850. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what kind of numbers, but I, I get the distinct feeling that there are, and I mean, again, maybe this is just playing to my own cynicism where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to believe it unless it's Bill Clinton and Donald Trump and uh, Johnny Cochran and George Clooney. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a thought. Like, what are the chances? Because there's so many people that have basically just been like, oh, yeah, he's in a photo with them and they took flights with them and they did this. And yeah, this Alan and Dershowitz, like every yeah. five minutes. Yeah, it's just so there's loads of people that are associated, if like not openly, at least. But it's like, yeah, they 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 flew to the island. So I'm imagining most, if not all of the people accused are not actually going to be on this list gonna be gonna like, be a bunch of it'll probably be like a couple important and powerful people that you don't know who they are mm -hmm. but you know you'll be they'll say when the name hits like, then they'll be like who you'll get to see those helpful little huffpo articles where who is and why was he on the list what you need to know before season two of jeffrey epstein yeah yeah also i guess what are the chances that this doesn't actually get unsealed uh i don't know if there's an appeal or any kind of process you know, we haven't done a lot of research on this episode. You know, we we forgot it was Christmas. We forgot it was an episode. But it sounds like it's going to happen. So we'll see. Um, I guess the other thing, too, is like, is the Internet going to go fucking ham after the names get dropped? Or Oh, yeah. Like, that's a thought. Do you think, think some like some groiper is just going to go crazy and like mail a pipe bomb to somebody who's on the list? And they're going to fuck up. It's going to be like the clerk's name that's at the top of the fucking form. <laughs> a federal judge on Monday ordered the public disclosure of the identities. 150 people mentioned in court documents related to Epstein. 
the in, the individuals named will include sex abuse victims and people with only passing connection to the scandal, as well as Epstein's employees and litigation witnesses. Most of these names are already public. This is not like they're not just throwing out his client list, which uh, is an important distinction. So you d- don't worry, guys. You can just you can just ignore that. It didn't yeah. mean anything. Well, you can just say whoever is still yeah. you know part of the. Bill Clinton's still there. The big striped cube George, temple. George Soros. Yep. Still there. Stephen King. Stephen King. Um, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Ew. But I, I did 10 seconds to actually double check that. Yeah. That's definitely a headline that's meant to make you think it's something that it's not. Much bigger deal than it is. Yep. Yeah. 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 Shocker. Oh, that's, that's nice, too. You're going to just release the name of the victims because, you know. Fuck victims, right? Yep. Yep. Um, the war in Israel and Palestine is still raging on. I saw a thing where it's like, uh, we found this in a, a house. It's a copy of Mein Kampf. You know, them Gaza folks are, they're actually Nazis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which just, yeah, that's, yeah, I believe that. That's totally a thing that happened. He didn't just. Yeah. That's like I just saw a thing that someone else had shared in the Discord that said, "Uh, IDF soldiers find abandoned dogs and they sure seem happy to see us." That kind of bullshit. And it's like someone immediately responding with, "Like, why were they abandoned?" Armies create propaganda to paint their side as heroic and in the moral right because that is the nature of war. It's just how it goes, you know. And war. War never changes. You know, something I really do question a lot is I'm trying to figure out if there's a, a good way to prove this one way or the other, too. But you see a lot of very pro-Palestine sides saying that, like, the minute they start talking about pro-Palestine, social media starts blacking them out, which I don't like I know can happen. You know, probably does happen. But at the same time everyone claims that now you know what i mean right-wingers say that social media oppresses their end socialists say that social media oppresses their end you know i said i say yay palestine they shut me down i say no palestine they shut me down everybody and i'm not smart enough to know where to look to see the data points of like what sides are really being blacked out but we all can live in this world where our opinions are not as popular because large tech giants suppress your side. And it's strange to live in a world where everyone gets to think that. There is a theory that it's never, it's never about the actual views of anyone. It's always about tapping down the most controversial story. Okay. which is a thought. This is the big thing. Shut up. Don't talk about big thing. <laughs> well, and as we get, these things are further and further out of human hands and more in the hands of uh, algorithms that are meant to prop up advertising. It's going to be interesting because like, I don't think any advertiser wants their product right up next to a thing about like children being murdered or even stuff that might make you a little sad. Well, if it, you know? if it catches your eye, though, because advertisement is being shown to be less and less effective. So maybe they got to maybe they got to start scared. That's going to be the new frontier. Scary advertisements. 
it's like every, but you know, because of course they've always had scary advertisements. They're always like, oh, someone might break in your home. Someone might, what if something terrible happened to your family? That sort of thing. But it's going to be like, you know, like Dawn Soap is going to be like someone breaking into your house and you like having to home alone a trap up with the Dawn Soap so you don't get stabbed to death. They're just going to start sticking an electrode right into your amygdala and making you terrified of things all the time and then saying, Dawn Soap, <laughs> make bad go away. <laughs> Dawn Soap, Bad Go Away. This episode brought to you by Dawn Soap. Dawn Soap, Make Bad Go Away. <laughs> um, I'm not going to talk about this just because it's not really Dude, anything. It's just a very funny it? headline. <laughs> oh. Erdogan says Netanyahu literally Hitler. That is factually inaccurate. Because <laughs> you used a different name. <laughs> What kind of boys from Brazil conspiracy. conspiracy is this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What else? We have um, Florida teen allegedly shoots and kills sister over Christmas gift spat. Oh, I read this one, actually. Oh, yeah. I just had questions. Yeah, it's, it's just sad. Yeah, it's because it's like 14-year-old and 15-year-old brother get into it grown adult sister is like y'all it's christmas can you fucking stop 14 year olds was told me to stop i'm gonna fucking shoot you and then of course the older sister had two babies was holding one of them when she got shot and, oh that's so awful and then the 15 year old sees he shot the sister he shoots the 14 year old and now they're both going to jail or they're both in jail going probably going to prison Jeez. uh florida that's all there is to say about it you can cut that from the episode honestly it's fucked up that is brutal i can't even make a joke about that no, i was gonna nothing. say like what you don't get your fucking playstation 5 but it's like nope it's, it's worse than that it doesn't even have any games <laughs> uh taylor swift fan died of heat exhaustion at rio concert forensic report finds don't you love it don't you love it woman of the year taylor swift biggest superstar on the planet taylor swift fans dying at her concert taylor swift why do you you make it like it's her fault? Just love Taylor Swift so much. I'm gonna die at her concert. I mean, heat stroke is a, a thing that happens. It's just sad. That's just sad, sad headlines. I need an electro rigged right into my amygdala to trigger my flight or fight response so that when I hear that, I want to go buy a Taylor Swift CD. Uh, something about Vivek Ramaswamy not spending TV ads. I hope that means he's like bowing out. Oh, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene got uh, swatted. That was pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny because like nothing was going to happen. You know, it's just sort of like they, those are probably confused fucking officers. Like, wait, isn't what she said? It's like the eighth time, too. Oh, is this just on her word that this happened or do we have any evidence? Because that also goes into like the help. See the uh, see the the oppression I'm going through. Oh, it didn't actually. Uh, God. See? See, according to the Associated Press, Kelly Madden, a spokesperson for the city of Rome, Georgia, confirmed that the call was a hoax and did not send officers to Green's house. There you go. Who fucking cares? It was just like she called me. Hey, Marjorie. Sorry. I just want to tell you again. They called. They said that you were making pipe bombs down there again. I'm pretty sure that's a prank. Ugh. Amateur hour anyway. It's almost I don't remember what the where I heard this from, but it's like why do you want to be malicious when you could be absolutely confusing? 
You know, it's like sending the cops. Yeah. I mean, she's just going to be mad. Nothing bad is going to happen to her. She's a sitting politician. Like nothing bad's going to go on. They're not going to hurt her or anything like that. Nor do I, I, I don't want that. I don't want to, I don't want fucking military air, military police shit kickers to come in and like just pop her in the jaw or something. Like that's, what's that going to solve? Rome police said it had formed a close working relationship with green security detail and is go. in the process there of identifying go. the latest harasser. Okay. So like, you know, that that's not going to solve anything. And if anything, it just makes her go like, Oh, look, they're out to get me. They're out to get me. Yeah. But, Oh, well, actually, you know what really makes it look like that? Last month, a man was arrested for threatening to kill her. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I guess there's also the the turn of like people pull stuff on themselves like this to make it look like, oh, Pete, they're out to get me. They're out to get me. But in the Discordian tradition, you know, like what if you just did something absolutely confusing? Like you have her address, you know where she lives and stuff. Why not like send like, you know. 400 fucking pizzas or some shit to her place. I mean, that, you know, a, a team of bagpipers. Who knows? I don't know. I, I'm not. Um, a fucking order a bunch of those like little rubber plastic like baby things that are only like a, you know, like the size of a snail. They get the boogers out? No, like they're like little, they're shaped like babies. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I saw a meme that was somebody about like, ordered a bunch of them was just hiding in their house to scare their girlfriend or boyfriend. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I mean, like, I guess like at five least pounds if you're of confusing, you something. Yeah, it's like you could, you could do, if you, if your goal is to just be annoying and aggravating, you could, you could do even better by being just absolutely, you know, annoy her and then leave her flabbergasted, you know, be unhinged. Don't be violent, unhinged about it. Cause then you're just going to get popped in the clink and they're yeah, like, you're Oh, go. he tried to send the police to get her killed. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, he threatened her online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, be the guy that they're like, there's not even anything really illegal about this. It's just fucking weird. Why did I get a birthday cake? That's a happy abortion. Grandma. <laughs> you can make her look really silly because then she's on Twitter screaming about like, if stop sending tapioca pearls to my house. Right. You know, like just a guy in a wheelbarrow dumping them outside. <laughs> her on Instagram, like fucking live streaming to everybody as the fifth man puts another plate of Applebee's mac and cheese on her uh, doorstep. Sign for this. Sign for this, please. I got to get a photo of you holding it so that they prove they got it. <laughs> Honestly, take a page from like the the internet lolcal people. You want to just be harassing, but in the the lines of the law, just for no other reason that it's not worth it's not worth spending time in a jail cell because you don't like this one really loud mouth crazy Republican. There's tons of them. There's too many. You're not gonna win like this. Yeah. But if you send a declaration to her informing her that she has been knighted as <laughs> as part of the, the the Don Quixote five-sided castle, at least it's a little funny. You know, if you demand that she RSVP to your live action Marvel roleplay night, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hell, she might show up. Send <laughs> sending just send a pile of documents. That's a contract for her to be the new Kang the Conqueror. <laughs> Speaking of controversial female Republicans, Bo Bear says she is switching congressional districts for the 2024 election. This move will put her in a safer Republican seat. Basically, she's a she 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 did too many uh-ohs in her own district that was like 
competitive, and now they know that she's got to go somewhere where they definitely can win. It will be uh, it'll be funny if she loses. Is she still dating the Democrat? You think? I have no clue. I don't fucking. She probably. If I was him, I definitely wouldn't be doing that. She probably had to drop him like a bad habit because it's like, you know, you were you were pocket you were playing pocket shuffle. Yeah. But like, you know, that's another politician that in the grand scheme of things, I don't care about. Like, she's very loud. She's obnoxious. She's uh, she's really easy to point a finger to and be like, ain't she awful? But yeah, it's just, you know, well, we we talked about this before. Right. When when our idea of well, not our idea, but when a lot of people's idea of politics started turning into who's getting the best clapbacks on social media. Yeah. That was the rise of the Marjorie Taylor Green Bobard. They're they're literally the Republican reaction to the squad making hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. It's like who cares? Yeah, it's until stupid. they do something funny, until somebody sends a wheelbarrow of tapioca pearls or you know, somebody's jerking in a theater to Beetlejuice. Yeah, you know, it's like who cares? There's no news there. Because we talked about too many Republicans now. I went to Fox News specifically to see what the Republicans want me to be mad about. Mustard on a shirt. They're mad about Colorado. They're Biden admin sues nation's largest Christian university after hitting it with a huge fine. Whatever. (laughs) Like, who cares? That's stupid. Former Baltimore prosecutor who went after cops in court facing possible. Oh, okay. This is going to be stupid. Former Baltimore prosecutor Marilyn Mosby faces possible disbarment amid ongoing legal battles. The Maryland Bar Council has filed a petition to suspend former Baltimore City State Attorney Marilyn Mosby's law license following alleged misuse of her finances during the COVID-19 pandemic. Blah, blah, blah. Basically, she lied about how much money she was making to get um COVID bucks. Yeah, basically. And she got like 90 grand. I I mean, if you did an honest accounting of COVID funds, we'd see a lot of people going to the clink, probably. She makes two hundred and fifty thousand a year. But that's not enough. Yeah, right. Bro, that's not enough. Um, it's funny how the headline to get you to click said it was uh prosecutor that took cops to court but it doesn't actually mention any of that in the article yeah it's just that's that if you were if you're a longtime fox reader like you maybe that's what you know this prosecutor for like oh yeah that one it's it's really interesting to see what they want you to be mad about because it's like you know i maybe it's just because i'm so anesthetized like i know what liberals want to be mad about all the time you know actually i will let me be a shitty reactionary for a second. I saw a tweet where it's like a meme where um, people with the mask on and stuff, and it's like, we wish you a Fauci science. We wish you a Fauci science. You know, that sort of thing, right? And somebody's response was like, this is the equivalent of a Japanese soldier still fighting World War II, not realizing the war's been over. And it's, it, um, it feels very, it feels like a brain dead take. The idea that like we're all supposed to just forget anything that happened during the pandemic, like oh that 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 already happened. Why are you mad about past events? <laughs> and I get the idea that it's like oh no one's going around like this still, but at the same time, the idea that it's like if if you really genuinely believe in your heart that 
the whole COVID thing was a complete conspiracy and it was used as a power grab for the state and they they shot you up with dangerous shit and demanded that you take it. And then I was like, if you believe every every bit and think that this was a conspiracy and that people that you thought were rational, um, good-hearted people just rolled over and treated you like you were a monster because you didn't agree with the ongoing narrative, how are you supposed to forget that? Yeah, no, I'm with I you mean, there. It's like, that's... um. I, I'm uh, not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that that well, type of take shows that you don't understand the person you're talking about. Yeah, well, it's it's in a weird way, right? It was like the parallel of a right after the first big COVID spike, after all the major shutdowns and everything occurred, how people started wearing masks again, but like not nearly as many people and there were no shutdowns. And the, the people on the right were like, you know, you lost, we're not wearing masks. It's not that big a deal when, you know, we know what the reality of it is that we just normalized everyone dying over it. Like, look, you, you, you didn't, you haven't gone to work for fucking four months. We're losing all this money yeah. on this office space. You got to go back to work yeah, now. I'm sorry to, your yeah. grandma's going to die, but she, you know well, she's old. That also always goes back to the thing that we were saying during the pandemic. Now, the yeah. show wasn't going on during the pandemic, but we were like, it was it was just the capitalist class and and the government, you know, state telling you, no, you can't go visit your grandma. No, you can't go out to the bar, but you know where you can go to work. And you know, I I got COVID multiple times. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, I remember and working I wasn't in like, places actively flaunting and, the COVID regulation mm -hmm. at the time. And yeah, and it's like I, I shoot, could you imagine working at a supermarket or a fast food place or anything like that? Imagine that's your job—just literally people coming in, licking the doorknob, and then going. And I don't want to get hung up on it, but it's just that sort of thing of, uh, in the same way of like maybe we should be looking where a lot of this COVID money went. And I guess in the grand scheme, I'm glad that if, if she misappropriated those funds and she did something fucked up, good, throw the book at her. Well, but the idea that like we're supposed to COVID happened this. already and we're just all supposed to forget about it. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't. It, it doesn't matter if you think, if you think that if you think COVID was a big deal and then like the government completely dropped the ball, you damn sure shouldn't forget about it. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what is, that's the thing. The person making that kind of like, it's over, you're the only one that still cares about this kind of fucking shit. Like, that is somebody that has the, dare I say, the privilege of being able to be like, oh, it was like two years ago. I don't have to worry about that and kind of no shit And there were no long-term consequences. <laughs> yep. You know? And nothing no one was I cared. <laughs> no one I cared about died. Yeah. No one I cared about got sick. Yeah, and I get bad. to work in my pajama bottoms yep, now. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. I just sit with my fucking catheter bag <laughs> right next to my right next to my CPU <laughs> and my CPAP, see, so I, I can it. eat Doritos <laughs> while I'm working. But I, I run the catheter through the CPU. It's like a coolant system. <laughs> And I only got to wear sucks the air out. <laughs> I only got to wear. A, a I only got to wear a collared shirt. Everybody <laughs> thinks I'm ready to work. Oh, that's awful. All right. We need a parrot headline to get over all this dumb shit, right? Uh, Columbia looks to recover billions in treasure from Holy Grail of shipwrecks. Fucking sick. But critics say that raising of the San Jose sunk in battle with the British ship. Sound oh my God. Out. But critics say Sound the raising of the San Jose sunk in battle with British ships in 1708 
might damage the country's cultural heritage. Huh? Fuck your cultural heritage. There's gold down there. What? Wait, wait, what? How's it going to damage their cultural heritage? Let's see. The Colombian government has announced that it will attempt to raise objects from the 1708 shipwreck of the Galleon San Jose, which is believed to contain a cargo worth billions of dollars. The 300-year-old shipwreck, often called the Holy Grail of shipwrecks, has been controversial because it is both an archaeological and economic treasure. The Colombian cultural minister, Juan David Carrera, said the first attempts will be made between April and May, depending on the ocean conditions in the Caribbean. Carrera pledged it would be a scientific expedition. This is an archaeological wreck, not a treasure, Carrera said, following a... It belongs in a museum. (laughs) Uh, I think it should be Korea, actually. I have no clue. It's C-O-R-R-E-A. I mean, you guys know I'm not pronouncing anything right ever. This is an opportunity for us to become a country at the forefront of underwater archaeological research. But the ship is believed to hold 11 million gold and silver coins, emeralds, and other precious cargo and from Spanish-controlled right? colonies. And a curse, right? And a curse, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What if the actual Holy Grail is on there? Oh, my God. There you go. Now, now that's got some legs. Oh. And so do the mermen that are going to be down there guarding it. That's the thing they're not going to talk about. Wow. Okay. Check this out. Uh, in 2018, the Colombia government abandoned plans to excavate the wreck amid disputes with a private firm that claimed some salvage rights based on a 1980s agreement with Colombian government. Oh, that's bullshit. That's in the past. That happened already. <laughs> Guys, don't you know that things that happen in the past, they you, don't you just forget you about anymore. Them. <laughs> <laughs> they're done. Sequential order of anything doesn't make sense. Yeah linear a to b fuck that that don't worry about it. cause Just and re- effect shut up karma go back to sleep yeah <laughs> a unesco experts body protecting underwater cultural heritage sent a letter to columbia expressing concern that recovering the treasure for sale rather than for its historical value would cause the irretrievable loss of significant heritage what do you mean it's not doing anybody any good even if you get the ship back to shore and you only keep a tenth that was on there, that's better than nothing. I'm not saying it's right, but like right now you have nothing. So if you even just had to sell enough to pay so that the expedition paid for itself. But I also under I get the idea that they're saying maybe don't plunder a a a cultural artifact that could tell us a lot. Allowing of- the commercial exploitation of Colombia's cultural heritage goes against the best scientific standards and international ethical principles as laid down, especially in the UNESCO underwater cultural heritage convention. The letter says that is like the most bureaucratic mm-hmm. liberal, like fucking bullshit you've ever heard in your life. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, right now you have nothing. <laughs> what they should be more concerned about is the culture that they're stealing from the deep ones that are down there. The ship has been the subject of a legal battle in the U.S., Colombia, and Spain over who owns the rights to the sunken treasure. Uh, that's all this can is. Get to it first. <laughs> Finders keepers. That's going to be my. That would be my uh, international <laughs> agreement. The Finders Keepers Act or the Finders Keepers Treaty and the the aforementioned losers weepers addendum. I think Colombia should just look at the U.S. and Spain and be like, haven't you fuckers done enough? Let us have this. Because how many is, fucking- I, would, I would say that I think that Colombia has the most. And this is all gut feelings. I'm not talking legality. I'm just saying I think Colombia should have it. Because the U.S. and Spain are definitely going to sell it. <laughs> 
They are gonna they're gonna fucking sell that shit like a tweaker with some copper wire. They're gonna be like, yeah, this will vert a shutdown for about three weeks. <laughs> this will pay for two drones. Although I, I don't I don't know if I'd be like the Colombian government is really gonna Oh yeah. Well I think are they gonna do that much better? Everyone's saying that it's gonna be, you know, for if they're saying they're saying it's for scientific yeah. Like genuinely on the the pragmatic level, I I would if that that would be my pitch. I would be like, we're gonna get it up where you are going to sell the bare minimum to cover costs, and then we'll you know put, put it, it in a museum. museum. Put it in a museum. Let people study it. Do research. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that enough news this time? We ended on like a semi positive one. That's pretty cool. Well, last thing I'll say is that the if you let Colombia have it, then they have to deal with the curse because <laughs> that is cursed. Anything that's been in the bottom of the ocean for that long, cursed. 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 It just naturally absorbs the curse. Yeah, curses. You see, curses are heavy and they're very dense, so they float to the ocean or they sink to the ocean floor. So the minute your foot touches the bottom of the ocean, curse juice is already getting it. Okay, so in actual occult news, though, we have something we're going to mention, but just sort of in passing, real yeah, quick. Yeah, just to tell you it happened and to tell you we're aware, and we'll talk about it later because we have a lot to get through on it. Yeah, the Order of Nine Angles. If you know anything about them, they're dissolved. I think was the word they used. They 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 released a statement saying that they dissolved, and the the point is is that they might. There might be an official statement from a certain sect of them, but they're just the problem is, is that there's a bunch of people that are not they're not a a, a they're centralized. Not a, yeah. So there's loads of people that are still like order nine angles and their literature is out there doing stuff for people and people do all kinds. People get a hold of it and they get crazy satanic Nazi ideas because that's that's what the order nine angles is. They're crazy satanic Nazis. It's uh, philosophically, it's like anti-life, satanic, you know, spooky shit. There's yeah, lots I think of, it was the term I saw someone call it like anti-cosmic Luciferianism or some shit. Whatever. It's just the, the point is, is that pretty much anybody that's associated with them are people you don't want to fuck with. You know, that's not I don't think that's a controversial take. I'm not saying that just because somebody read one of their books that they're that you need to like run them out on a pipe, No, I but, again I as I always do I tell you go read it you know and you'll if you're worth your salt you'll read it and you'll be like oh okay I see what they're doing here and you'll promptly throw it in the trash yeah yeah but there's a statement saying oh we're we're definitely dissolved and that's not a thing anymore but they're still they're, but we're going to go into it later because someone in the discord contributed a lot of stuff that is worth doing a deeper dive into and with something this serious, you kind of want to have your ducks in a row and really know what you're talking about. And it'll it'll make for a good episode in and of itself. Yeah, it'll be good. But we're not talking about that this episode. We're just letting you know that this happened. Yeah, it, we're aware of it. If anybody's got anything else they want to throw our way about it, I'd love to hear more. The more we can research it and the more we can say, well, this group is still here and they're these people doing this, these people doing this, the better. And it will allow us to not be yelled at by people claiming that we are uh, spreading misinformation and using words like diddle. This is where the horn's going to come and go, wah, wah, wah. 
yeah, let's move on. All righty. Well, we uh we forgot it was Christmas. We forgot it was Christmas. Yeah. But the good news is that it's still Christmas. Yeah. Because Orthodox Christmas is yeah, like Orthodox Christmas. No, it's like January 8th or something. Okay. Okay. So it's like second week. Okay. It's not even New Year's yet. So we've got time and you have time. You thought, oh man, I forgot to get Ma a Christmas gift. Well, you can say happy Orthodoxy, Mom. St. <laughs> Nicholas came and brought me a, a decree that my baptism is not valid. <laughs> <laughs> Just remembering the reason for the season as you think about old St. Nick reviving those three dead children out of the pickle barrel. <laughs> Truly a Christmas orthodoxy miracle. So why don't you sit down, pull up your favorite picture of an Aryan heretic, Throw some darts at it and give it a good smack while we recount the possible gifts that you could give somebody on Orthodox Christmas. For the spooky woo-woo in your life. Well, no, the, the spooky woo-woo in your life will get a punch <laughs> like the Aryan heretics <laughs> by St. Nicholas this, for Orthodox Christmas. This is how you are going to save the soul of all of your spooky woo-woo occult friends. <laughs> Say, listen, listen, I'm getting you this gift to open the door but really what this is about is that there's a bishop <laughs> and he's gonna throw hands he's making a list he's checking it twice he's gonna find out who's a heretic and who's all right well, that's the thing occultists pride themselves on being heretics right so really this isn't gonna help at all but we figured we would go through some of the uh the great deals you're getting in that post uh you know, heretical Christmas that you guys just had. So really, this is just going to be a rehash of what we did around this time last no, year. No, no, this is a completely original <laughs> idea. Well, no, in fact, this is the original idea because that was derivative. That was a schism from the true faith and the true, the true segment <laughs> that we're doing now. Okay. Are you guys liking these orthodoxy jokes? Is this landing with like the five of you that think this is funny? There's probably one poor person that actually doesn't know what Easter Orthodoxy is. And they're just like, I don't know what the fuck are you. This is about this is about boxing. <laughs> hey, what the hell is Boxing Day? <laughs> That's when we go boxing. Didn't you want to go through that? Uh, what was it? The thing that you're uh, beloved. I was talking about the as above five below segment. And she was like, you should just do like. The Alibaba Sheen Timu Hall of like this is the this is like the occult shit you get for fifty cent. Okay, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Oh, here's one. Here's an idea. Do you have Sheen or Timu? You got one of them, I'm sure, right? I've got Sheen pulled up right now. Cool. I'll go find Timu and like look through that, and we'll compare to compare. So, the first thing that. I notice whenever you're looking through these sites and uh, this actually gets to something I wanted to talk about because I knew there were some actual conversations to be had other than just looking at goofy, you know, really bad, badly assembled and sold, you know, unregulated labor products. One of these things that you'll see is that bootleg tarot is a huge fucking problem. I was just about to say 
What are the first three results you got? Because I'm just I want to prove something to myself here. Uh, a thing for supernatural. Two things for supernatural, actually. Oh wow! So, so I mean that makes sense. That's pop culture. But the third thing is actually a tarot deck for six dollars and eighty cents. And I'm gonna let you guys know that if you're seeing a tarot deck for six dollars and eighty cents, it's a bootleg. This is they stole someone's art. And they're mass printing them bitches over in Taiwan. Yeah, it's it's actually, it's wild to think about. Okay, this um, is, this literally just says occult tarot. Oh, is occult Travis. tarot seventy eight? Yeah, Uh that was in my top two. So what is this? Let's who find. Let's find out who they're ripping off from this. Yeah, Travis McHenry. Oh wow, that quickly, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's his name's on the box and stuff. But I guarantee you, if you buy this, it is not going to be the real deck. Ah, oh, fuck. I, I all but guarantee it. It's going to be. This is a cheap reprint that they're doing. I don't know. It does look kind of involved. It's got like the Goetia thing on. Yeah, it. but that's what you're seeing. Like this. See, and this is what the the real segment would be like if we ordered these and then actually saw what we got but well maybe maybe if you're all good boys and girls and go on to the patreon <laughs> and throw the podcast like you know just a little bit of money we will immediately waste it on ordering uh temu and uh sheen nonsense well because like this segment for the next time right sheen is showing this for less than seven dollars and it's on amazon it's on sale for nineteen dollars I have it for uh three ninety eight. For how much? Three dollars and ninety eight cents on Timu. Yep. It's oh my seventy seven percent off. You see, apparently. there's just, there's just no way that you're getting the actual product for that. That is that means somebody found this guy's art and just figured out a cheap way to reprint it. I have a bootleg tarot deck. I can't remember the name of the deck, but my beloved got it off of one of these sites and. I saw the art and, you know, the, the deck looks OK, but I wanted to see if I could find who did the art and everything like wait that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do this in the co-host Lumbo voice. Ah, what you see, it's just <laughs> that <laughs> the thing is, she gets me the tarot deck and I'm like, wow, 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 that's beautiful. It's beautiful. But something about it just itched in my brain because it didn't it didn't come with a book. It didn't have the artist credited, and I'm thinking, what kind of slapdash operation is this? So I do a little research, and I find the deck, and I notice, hmm, my box didn't look anything like that. And then I know the actual giveaway, I'm not going to do the voice, the actual <laughs> giveaway was that like the back of the card was totally different. And I was like, hmm, because these were like the size of a regular deck of playing cards, and then the actual deck. The real deck it's is like a you know, full size. It's like a, you know, it's it's a proper tarot card size. Mm. And I realized like, oh, this is a bootleg. Somebody just found this art, scanned it up, printed it on a deck, and then they sold it for $5. That is a rampant fucking problem. I didn't realize until I, until I got that deck that like, this is huge. So like Travis McHenry's occult tarot, it's, you know, looks neat. It's, it's like the Goetia demons and stuff. Looks cool. Don't have anything against it. But on Amazon, it's going for, if it's not on sale, it's $30. Ooh. Somehow Sheen is getting you a copy for seven bucks. Yeah. I was going to say over on Timu, it's like, it said like, it's like 17 bucks, 
but it's giving to you for like 77% off. Probably like part of the, it's like a new year's deal, I think is like, but it's, that means that normally they're probably selling it for around the same price, like seven bucks. Mm-hmm. And the thing is like looking at it, there's, there's clearly like production photos that look like they were probably taken from the Amazon, but there's no information. The only way I know who did it is because the title, the, the author or artist or whatever you want to call it is on the deck. But I have a funny feeling that if I were to buy this, it would probably come in a completely different box. And God knows if it would actually look like this. Oh yeah. Can you imagine you just get like the, it's got like the, sh- like, like the photo quality printings of those cards. And it just does them like six times because that's all it had from the promotional figure. Oh, it just does the same. It's just the cards you can see. And it's got like a bicycle fucking pattern on the back. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wow. Okay. And then the same deck again for $10, but it's got like a 10 and it's a slightly higher quality. And I don't know. Maybe there's maybe they are genuine. I just I I doubt it. And knowing how rampant these issues are, I just I have a hard time believing it. And it's just like, you, like I said, I literally plugged a cult into Sheen and it's like tarot deck, tarot deck, tarot deck. Yeah, I was going to say I got like 90% fucking tarot decks, but I did just scroll through and go past a bunch of things. First off, I just want to say I found the exact same Cthulhu statue that you got me last year on here for 15 bucks. So how much did you pay for it? Not that. <laughs> I want to Honestly, I think it might have been like 30, but I'm pretty sure I got it on sale. There's a uh, 54 piece witchcraft supply kit for witch altar. Complete witchcraft kit. This kit includes everything you need to start practicing witchcraft from spell candles to crystals and herbs for spells. It's like a bunch of packs of herbs like rosemary and red rose petal and lavender flower. It's mostly those. And then it's got like a, a handful of like little little tiny jars with corks and a, uh, a a black cloth that you can lay out with a pentagram and bullshit on it and a pack of matches. 20 bucks. Yep. Yep. Oh, it comes with a sh- all the candles and an altar bowl. You can find little starter witch kits like that. I think when we did this segment last time, it's like we talked about like, what do you think about witch kits like starter things? And it's like, it's whatever. Yeah, it's I, I, yeah, I feel like it's a lot of, oh, it's got crystals too. Oh, yeah, okay, this is like the full-blown like baby first uh, witch kit. It's like a bunch of herbs, candles that are different colors. Do you think any of this shit is real? Is alfalfa and mugwort just like that cheap that they can sell it like this? You see, that's my problem with these things because it's like it, there's a real possibility that some of these could be the genuine article for, you know, dirt cheap. I tell you, like all those crystals are fake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just like the the tarot decks, it's like it could be that you get the genuine ones just because, you know, you're you're ordering it internationally in a place where these things are getting pumped out and then just thrown for, yeah. for you know, sold for a song. Knowing the type of things that happen when you order from sites like this. And really, you, you I know that's I know it's super cheap. You shouldn't order from sites like this. It's bad. <laughs> Please don't. It's bad for like uh well no, like you know what the, I tell you the labor you... that goes into it. Everything. I know no ethical consumption under capitalism, but it's like it's just a bunch of you know, borderline slave labor, sometimes actual slave labor, and you get you get what you pay for, you know? Uh I think at its core, it's shit. You shouldn't buy anything. 
But if you see something really fucking terrible for like two bucks <laughs> and like the shipping's free, like I can understand yeah. it. I don't really, I'm not going to make you defend yourself over it. I, I don't want to make stupid. Shit. I don't want to make you feel bad. It's just like, you know, um, the gar- you know, this is garbage. You know, yeah, you know, you're, you know, you did this. It's like when you see somebody at a crystals, like I said, this will be interesting if we ever actually order any of this stuff and compare it. Cause well, I'd like to bit the, maybe even like, Buy the buy what you know is going to be the actual deck, and then buy like the the Timu and see what happens. Give us a lot of money for that one. Shit, I mean, it'd be like, well, one of one of them is going to be like thirty bucks, and the, <laughs> the other one is going to be like two dollars. Um, a twenty-five piece black obsidian rune set. It's not really, you know, it's like it's actually it's kind of the same as just tarot, ain't it? It's like ooh, spooky divination thing. It's got symbols on it. But my favorite part about it is that it's like you see the pictures of the stone um, rune set and then it's like pictures from a yoga class. Like, no <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I found a, a surplus of wands, but like some of them are like really like dollar store, like play pretend wands. Like, oh, are you know, they? Like a Sailor Moon thing. And then some of them look like the Hera Potter. Oh, so, it's oh, like, so is it like well-known wands from fiction? Stuff like, well, like stuff that's like Things that you would probably find in a magic store, quote unquote. Oh, you know, where it's like, you know, stuff that it's it's probably pretty cheap made out of resin or whatever. But like you could ostensibly maybe see someone using it in their practice. Right. But then there's ones like this looks like Sailor Moon or like not even this looks like Linda the Good Witch. (laughs) And it's like stuff you'd see in a dollar store. But the problem is they're all like two dollars. So like, why is is this one this one looks incredibly cheap i kind of like the idea of ordering like a shit ton of wands and testing them out um i have a wheel of year wood sign pagan that is hang on correction one piece wheel of the year wood sign pagan it's like a big wooden disc it's got an owl in the center sitting on a moon and it's got the times of the year divided into Things like Yule, oh, no, 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 no. that's like Ostara, the... Beltane, Midsummer. No, 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 that's the the Wheel of the Year. It's a Wicca thing. Oh, I didn't know that was like the actual thing. It looks very cheap. Well, I mean, that's what we're here for. We wanted we wanted cheap looking shit. Was there anything that that you'd want to buy that you've seen? No, I hate to say it. Yeah, I wish there'd be something like, ah, oh, man, that would be worth a laugh. The thing that I would be tempted would be like buy a witch kit and be like, what can you do with this? Yeah, well, that's even that's like a novelty of like, thing. The like witch, what could no, I do with it? We should do that's like, like the the witch, that's not really a I want to buy it. We should buy two of them. And it's like the witch kit challenge where we've got to <laughs> only if we like challenge people to it after we do it. <laughs> Like I nominate um, Tommy Kelly to do the witch to do the witch kit challenge. Uh, there's a little cauldron oil burner. Let's name for like ten bucks, ten dollars on Timu. Yep, inflation. Okay, well, that was a bust. Yeah, this segment's been shit so far. Let me see. Uh, what's uh, the biggest Amazon occult nonsense? Best occultism on Amazon. Let's go. What do we have this year? It's not loading. It's not loading. 
not loading. It's loading. It didn't load. It loaded. Okay. Right away, take a wild guess what the number one is about. Just uh, the, the Third Reich. Um, no, but uh, good guess. Is it about Crowley? No. About... What was the thing that we saw immediately when we looked up occultism elsewhere? Supernatural? No, tarot, stupid. Oh. <laughs> God damn. Alright, so... It's yeah, a... so it's a beginner's guide to tarot book. Well, yeah. those are always going to be... Stephanie Capone. Uh... You know what? You know what, Stephanie? I, I don't even... I don't know nothing about you. I don't care nothing about you. You didn't need to write this book. You need <laughs> to write it. You didn't, you didn't need it. You didn't need it. Stephanie Capone is a Colorado-based intuitive writer and illustrator. She's been reading tarot for over 20 years and established her blah, 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 blah. Oh, God. She's the author of best-selling Guided Tarot for Seamless Readings, Guided Tarot for Teens, and three editions of Moon Void Tarot. So they make a bunch of decks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you didn't, you didn't, we didn't need another tar beginner tarot book. I'm sorry. I mean, you're going to, it's not going to get me complaining. It's not going to get anyone to stop writing them, but like, no. I'm telling you, like, we don't need more. There are plenty. There are plenty. We don't need more. It's the same feeling I have whenever I hear like new Star Wars movies at this point or like a new Marvel thing. It's like, no, we've, we are full, ma'am. We are, we are, we, we are, are full. at capacity. <laughs> yeah. There is, you know what number two is? What? The pineal gland, the eye of God. Comprising chapter 16 of Manly Hall's Man, the Grand Symbol of the Mysteries. Wait, 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 wait. Back up. So, hold on. What you're saying is, uh, you know what? Just, just sit there. Hold on. So, number two is the pineal gland, and it's a segment of Manly Hall's Man, the Grand Symbol of the Mysteries. Yes. Essays in Occult Anatomy. Yeah. Which is in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. I got this for $5. <laughs> they want to sell it to you for three as a paperback. No, I didn't. I got this for a dollar. You can see the price tags on the back. Still, <laughs> this was a dollar. It was a buck. Sucks to suck. You're paying through the nose for your pineal gland. We got the whole body. That is fucked that somebody would be like, I'm going to take one chapter from this book. Is it like a takeoff? Is it like exploring the... No, it literally says comprising chapter 16 of Manly Hall's Man, the Grand Symbol of the Mysteries. Full flex simile of the original edition, not reproduced with optical recognition software. I'm sorry, what? You're saying that it's... I have no clue what the oh, hell so is this trying is to like tell a... me. Hold on, you're saying this is some kind of... Uh... It's like a little pamphlet. Though. Yeah, right? Like, I'm looking at the size of the book in front of you. Well, for, for $3, it's not that bad, I guess. No, it'd be one chapter of that book. Yeah, well, this was a dollar. Well, in, this, in the sense that, like, in the sense that you would not be able to make any type of book for probably less than that. Like, I guess it's fine, but it would literally be like, what, like 10 it's, pages? It's like 10 pages. Yeah, yeah. I just flipped through it. Right. You think it's like that's one of those like little though? like promotional Bibles that's only like the Gospels and Psalms, maybe? Yeah, and sure. they're like you know the size of like a like a pack of cigarettes. And I'm just I'm just kind of for because like Manly Hall is always going to be popular. Yeah, but why this one? Right, that's bestseller. You said like that's what's popping up in like the the top. Oh shit! 
Oh, that's even worse. Because um, the secret teaching of all ages is number three, mm. which is like, that makes sense. But why is pineal gland beating you out? There's uh, an obsession with new agers and psychedelic people about the pineal gland. Yeah. Jesus Christ. This is a bad one. What do you think number four is? Uh, Mitch Horowitz. No. Well, you said it was a bad one. So I mean, that, no, I it's bad, it's, but it's uh, more generic than that. Is it like living the magic life? No, it's the Kabbalion. Local. I'm going to get you local. Uh, I'm going to find you. I'm going to hurl you into the sun. You want to say just the top 10, just to, so we're not like scrolling through this? Sure. Uh, number five is Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. I mean, like, that sounds very like the secret law of attraction type stuff. The power of your subconscious mind will open a world of success, happiness, prosperity, and peace for you. Called it. Banish fear, sleep better, enjoy better relationships, and feel happier. Techniques, simple results, blah, 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 blah. In this book, the author fuses his spiritual wisdom and scientific research to bring to light how subconscious mind can be a major influence on our daily lives. All right, so who is Dr. Murphy? Ooh. Dr. Murphy changed the lives of people all over the world. His legacy is being carried forward by the jmwgroupforlife.com and dr-joseph-murphy.com. Dr. Murphy wrote, taught, counseled, and lectured to thousands of people all over the world as a minister-director of the Church of Divine Science in Los Angeles? Okay, hold on. We gotta... Show me how you got to... uh to where I literally googled Amazon occult top and there's nothing funny about that <laughs> there's nothing funny about an uh, Amazon top we're gonna I want to just algorithm test and see because that's I guarantee you I'm gonna get different results best occultism yeah okay so there we go oh no no this is okay so this literally is like what is the best selling thing yeah Okay. Hang on. We're going to find out about this Dr. Joseph Dennis Murphy guy real quick. Okay. He was uh, the he was a new thought minister ordained in divine science and religious science. Traveled to India to learn about Hindu philosophy, religious science. This is a new thought thing, yada yada. He's a 32nd degree in Scottish Rite. He became a minister to bring his blah, 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 blah. As his concept of Christianity was not traditional or encountered in many of the Christian denominations, he founded his own church in Los Angeles. Okay. So it seems like this guy was a Christian weirdo that decided to write his own sort of like power of positive thinking, new thought, religious stuff. He's a huckster. I don't have anything super to add to it. It's just yeah, nothing shocking there. Should you? I was like, do you think it's worth it? Probably not. It's a bestseller, though. Uh, the afterlife book. I think we talked about this one last year. Like, I think if I'm remembering correctly, this is the one about near death experiences because we are absolutely in awe of the idea that maybe we die and then stuff keeps happening. Because you're such a fucking narcissist, you can't imagine that you die and then you go away. Hot, you gotta take. be there. You Hot gotta take. be the. You, we want it to take. be ghost. I want to be ghost. I want. I want to take Patrick over Whoopi Swayze. Goldberg. Yeah. Well, you're looking at the all-time bestsellers. Do we want to look in the top new releases? Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's that's, that's exactly what I want to do. Especially because the next ones are like the same fucking shit. It's like Book of Spells. 
fucking 150 spells for, you know, you're, you know, less than $5 satanic Bible. And then number nine and number one guided tarot box set. Yeah. The fact that tarot decks get lumped in with the books is uh, a grave misstep. Oh, and one more thing. Occult tarot is uh 15. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so it's on and it's, it's 20 bucks. That means the price dropped while I was talking about it. <laughs> okay. Number one is self-care for witches in new releases. Oh, God. Give us the script. It's 99 cent. That's for like an ebook, though, ain't it? It's uh, uh, $9 for a paper. $23 for a hardcover? Krishna. Lisa Chamberlain and Kiki Dombrowski? I don't know. I don't know either of those names, but self-care for witches. Are you looking for ways to improve your well-being that are fun, creative, and magical? And not just more tasks for your to-do list. Self-Care for Witches is a beginner-friendly wellness guide tailored especially for magical people. Best-selling author Lisa Chamberlain teams up with spiritual researcher and life coach, and I'm done. You're a, you're old. Yep. Never mind. Wide range of tools and practices to help you experience more balance, wellness, abundance, peace, and joy in your life. The fuck is self-care? The fuck is self-care? Oh, it's like using good lotions. Magical correspondences, recipes, tips for setting up a self-care altar, divination spreads. I could see why this would be a bestseller. But Are you against one? this in concept, or is this just like because and it seems concept, to be ex- in concept, execution, and uh, the cover is not good either. Doesn't have enough like flames or a goat with blood coming out of its neck. You know, just nah. <sighs> I mean, like, I suppose self care is one of those things that has just become such a such a buzz term the idea of like yeah you should take care of yourself i don't know it's i almost feel like it's dated at this point i feel like self-care was right yeah yeah. it's become so done it's just i don't have anything i don't have anything good to say about it it's just like yeah i i think we do need to work on our self-care you need to do things to keep yourself grounded and able to do the work and stuff like that but often you know, it's uh, self-care can is such a nebulous term for a bunch of different things. And what works for me as far as taking care of myself won't work for you. I think we've discussed this on the show before. The next one is a novel. So that's, you know, not doesn't count. Doesn't count. Dream- what is it like a novel that's supposed to have like spooky skeletons and shit? Not even going to look at it. It says it's a novel. Going to leave it alone. Uh, dream fruit lunar tales for earthlings an eco-punk guide through the dreamscape of 2024 is this like an almanac uh step into the world of dream fruit an eco-spiritual dreamscape that helps you envision a flourishing path through the changes and challenges of our times the 13 dreams in this small book uncover a mythic journey through the imaginal landscape of 2024 the story that unfolds here taps your inner visionary and restores a sense of radical belonging with the living earth. Discover the astrological degree symbols animating the year ahead, along with monthly prompts and moon-based insights to brighten the pathway. This is like a 
Dreamfruit Lunar Almanac. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is. So it's 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 literally like yeah, it's it's a it's a guide to the year via like astrology, dream magic stuff, which is like in theory that could be kind of neat, but it's I don't know. I don't want to hate this one. I honestly don't. It seems like it could be interesting. Let's see. It's probably not what I vibe with at all, but there's a there's a a neat concept to it at least. It was described in its Indiegogo campaign as this a was on an Indiegogo astrological planner guided journal and personal imaginarium for regenerative future regenerative regenerative future. Um, that sounds like a bunch of like we need to promote synergy within our corporate culture to better optimize our opportunities and create new relationships and. Foundations for innovations. It describes itself as eco punk. So I don't know. I don't hate this as a concept. I might not care for the execution, but like, no, yeah, that's cool. If you're trying to say high signs of like, hey, this is what the stars and planetary bodies are, if you buy into astrology, could be neat. And then just giving it like the dream, the whole dream concept, like, you know, journal, giving you a space for your inner mental construct type thing it's like yeah maybe there's something there that's i that is the thing i've hated the least so far but also you better hurry up and get it because the new year's starting <laughs> number four is occult america which was on the bestseller list last, last year. year i believe yep. right either that or it was a uh, another mitch horowitz thing which uh i i honestly want to read this it's it's kind of on the list but just because I haven't read anything from Horowitz for a while. I find him interesting. I don't really love him, but he's interesting. Don't know enough about him as a person. I just know he, he's uh, pretty prolific. He writes a lot. Yeah. Him and Gary Lockman got but I also, shit on lock yeah. right now. But I also remember that like that was on there last year. Yeah. <laughs> so this is good to hold strong. Meanwhile... John Michael Greer, who we just talked about in the Discord, apparently he's got some less than favorable ideas about things. He would call himself eco-punk. <laughs> they okay. would use a different word. But we're not going to I'm not going to start by saying, "Oh, he's he's a bad guy and I don't like him, so this book is crap." But this book just came out in November, apparently, The Secret of the Five Rights in Search of a Lost Western Tradition of Inner Alchemy. Let's read the description here. And for this to have come out in November and it's at number, it's number three and four or number four and five uh, examines a, in detail, a short book often referred to as the five Tibetans that was first published in 1939, teaching a simple yet effective set of five exercises for health and longevity. Certain dietary rules and lifestyle principles accompany the rite. So did a sixth rite that worked the diaphragm muscles and redirected sexual energies. Also a set of teachings of seven energy centers or vortices in the body, though not the same as the seven well-known chakras along the spine. These vortices are among the most distinctive things about the system and are only found as a scattered haired handful of sources elsewhere it is by awakening the vortices 
to their normal rate of spin that the rights achieve their effectiveness. This is definitely not chakras. That's a different thing. (laughs) John Michael Greer follows each of these threads back as far as possible to reveal something of the landscape of ideas and practices that gave rise to these remarkable exercises. He then spins the threads back together, putting the five rights in as much of their original context as he can and describing in detail the practice of the broader system. The book also includes the complete original text of the Eye of Revelation, which I don't, I don't, I guess maybe that's part of that's where That's probably what it is, problem at least. Uh, that sounds, sounds neat in a way of what we were talking about at the very beginning, the idea of the balancing act of going back and understanding what you're dealing with and then trying to broaden it to a modern context, something yeah. like that. I have no clue what any of that is, but it sounds fun. <laughs> I have not heard of the five rights, but law of fives. Hmm. So it's got to be, it's got to be good. The fact that's called the five Tibetans. I wish that was a band, like, a, <laughs> like not like a modern band, like an old timey band. Like, hey, here's the five Tibetans. And it'd be like, like actual, the four tops, but it's yeah, like the five, five Tibetans. Tibetans, but it's like actual Tibetans. <laughs> um, the whole seven energy vort, uh, vortices. And it's like, it's definitely not the chakras or realsies. It's, you know, because we don't say chakra. Uh, we actually got asked in the Discord if we had any opinions on him, and neither one of us knew anything. We were like, I, I vaguely know him. I know he writes a lot, and he does. He's another guy that writes a lot. Huh. So this just came out. Okay. So that's cool. The five Tibetan rites is a system of exercises reported to be more than 2,500 years old, which were first publicized by Peter Kelder in a 1939 publication entitled The Eye of Revelation. Said to be a form of Tibetan yoga similar to the yoga series that originated in India, however, the five rites in the traditional Tibetan yoga both emphasize a continuous sequence of movement, whereas Indian forms focus on static positions. Although the rites have circulated amongst yogis for decades, skeptics say that Tibetans have never recognized them as being authentic Tibetan practices. Never stopped anybody. Yeah, right. You know how we could work with counterfeit money? Just everyone act like it's real. <laughs> Although practically nothing is known about Keldor, one source reports that he was raised as an adopted child in the Midwestern United States and left home in his teens in search of adventure. And he met a lucky young woman who was trying to get out of an abusive household and a talking dragonfly. What? He's, he was a plucky Midwestern youth that ran away from home in search of adventure. So he's going to find a strong leading lady character to have a romantic relationship with and an animated character that makes wise cracking jokes, preferably played by a famous comedian of the time, Eddie Murphy. (laughs) Oh, no, this is 1930s. So whatever. Buster Keaton. Yeah, they get Buster. Never mind. So but there's a musical number in there is the important thing. Honestly, if I was going to recommend anything, it would be the five rights thing, right? That like it could be useful. I mean, you you spent the entirety of the holidays eating a bunch of garbage and laying around. So so instead, you can start your year off right before uh, Orthodox Christmas, and you can get those five rights, and it'll give you exercises and dietary restrictions, and really whip you into shape. You know, get them gains. Uh, very interesting. We should. I'm going to look into this myself. I'm it's curious pro- to how. People, it definitely seems to have one of those uh, 
like, no, this is definitely fake. And other people saying, no, it seems like this might have come from Tibet somehow. Well, the, so, the better question is, does it work? Does yeah, it do things for you? Definitely a better, better thought there. I guess if I had to be fair, I'd be like, maybe the self-care thing actually has some useful exercises for you, too. So, like, who knows? Just because something's old and it's not even that old. It said it came from uh, 1939, possibly ancient, but like that's where it showed up first. Um, I honestly think that's probably about the best it's going to get. <laughs> uh, the complete flying rolls of the Golden Dawn. So Golden Dawn rehash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a specific thing that got put out by somebody. Fucking what's their name? It's on there, right? Samuel Scarborough. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's it's always good to have these kinds of things archived and like, yeah, this is what the Golden Dawn was doing because they are a, a very very important hallmark of the Western tradition into the modern era. Yeah, yeah. What else we got? Come on, something I new. I think we said I don't mind these so much when it's like if you're doing something that it's like very niche, where it's like we're getting into this one specific subject. It's like, yeah, it's good that we have like a book that might make that accessible. Right. Yeah, like, that's not gotta, a problem. But it's just you know, fuck. How many Golden Dawn books shall need? Yeah, that's true. Just give but me something. Like, I feel like they're not trying this year. <laughs> I feel like we're not trying this year. We're limping to the finish line for this one. I'm getting, I'm saving my energy for Orthodox Christmas. I told you. <laughs> uh, forgotten teacher of the fourth way, Maurice Nicole. So Gurdjieff. Talk about Gurdjieff earlier. What I tell you? Uh, this one looks weird. Set Turlian sigils of transformation. 42 sigils of transformation. Saturlian? Saturnian? No, S-E-T-I-R-L-I-E-N. Tyrian? Tyrian? Saturlian. Saturlian. Welcome to Saturlian Sigils of Transformation, a powerful guide to personal empowerment and growth. This book unveils a collection of 42 contemporary sigils, each holding unique power and potential for modern seekers. Unlike relics of the past, these sigils are dynamic tools crafted for present-day individuals, offering a pathway to self-discovery and spiritual development. And the pages that follow explore each of the 42 sigils, each more than a mere symbol but a gateway to profound transformation. With straightforward shapes and intentional use, these sigils become powerful instruments to shape your life in meaningful ways. Each sigil is a distinct source of power, guiding you on a personalized journey of self-discovery and growth. And the practical applications provided discover how to effectively use these sigils as tools for personal transformation. What if you open this book and it's literally just like squiggles on every page it's just the sigil <laughs> no explanation no no context it's just, just the picture just just a drawing just drawing then you flip the next one then crayon <laughs> personally done in crayon for you the saturlians take their sigil crafting very seriously oh boy uh, and this also came out this came out the beginning of this uh, november 30th so what do we have on the author uh, Darcia Ath, Dracia Ath. Dracia is a humble navigator of mystical realms, invites you into the heart of magic and spirituality rooted in traditional practices. Dracia's journey reflects a profound connection to the universe, born from a childhood of struggles and a thirst for a better life. The Temple of Dracia, a magical movement. You name the temple after yourself. Uh huh. Keep going. 
Do I have to? Yep. It's a virtual sanctuary, sanctuary born of Drasia's solitary practice. He channels universal duties to assist others. A life calling evident in his desire to help as many people as possible. Admirable. This sounds like a cult. At the core is the Ceturlian energy, a unique force created and wielded by Drasia. In his writings, he shares wisdom from years of solitary practice, revealing vulnerabilities that shaped his spiritual audience. Okay, so this is like, this is one dude's journey. Uh, <laughs> oh man, we buried the lead here because this other book is Settlerian Chi Ball Mastery. A guide to creative to creating powerful chi balls. <laughs> that deaf, dumb, and blind kid sure plays a mean chi ball. Oh my fucking god! Who is this? Oh, this is great. This might Homestead. be a new one. Chi balls are really fucking cool. Okay, here's the problem, is that when somebody does solitary practice and makes their unique system, then we go to shit on it. Creating chi balls just doesn't... Sounds like you're trying to throw a Hadouken. What do we have on the Saturlian chi ball mastery? Uh, You want me to read that? Oh, I found it. Explore a transformative journey into the world of chi balls with this comprehensive guide. Uncover practical techniques for creating, manipulating, and harnessing the energy of chi balls. Versatile tools for personal revitalization, telepathic communication, and more. The book offers step-by-step instructions, theoretical insights, and creative exercises to deepen your understanding of energy manipulation. Master the art of chi ball creation and usage, and elevate your energetic experience with Satyrian energy. Experience the transformative power of chi. Um, independently published. Good for them. They're trying to make a plug. Like last week. Oh, that also (laughs) came out? What? Uh, Look, man, Saturlian It's only 49 pages. God damn it. Well, the other one's like 100, which is weird. Yeah, but this one's like 8 bucks. Oh, man. This is the type of stuff that you only find. How is this on a bestseller for new releases? Because there's just that that little moving. Like nobody, nobody buying this shit. I guess not. I found uh, the Temple of Drasia official site. Oh man, is that going to be a deep dive for another episode? Uh, no, because it says this site is no longer here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And on that note, you've cheated your last ball. <laughs> uh, so uh, this. What do you wash. recommend getting anybody for uh, Orthodox Christmas? Uh, get them the Chi Ball book, <laughs> please. <laughs> You're all getting the Chi Ball book. <laughs> okay. From there, do we time for the nice palate cleanser? I guess How so. Goes... I think that we need it after this. Yeah. This was a wash. Yeah, uh, this is a bad. Have one. fun editing this. Uh, uh, so how goes the work? Pretty good, pretty good. I started fucking with the Zeraguin. I don't. I think I mentioned that in the last episode, but they're uh, they're very interesting because there's just very little written about them at all. Even from Birdio, who's the guy that was talking about them. So like, I, maybe I need to like hit him up and bother him. But hey, come on, talk to me about the spiders. Come on, come well, on, it's, Mikey. It's interesting come because on, you said you got like 
told to fuck off with them last time well, and now you're they, good again? They didn't. That what they said was that we're not going to help. Like, hey, I got this problem. They're like, well, just just, just like wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you just chill for a second and stop freaking out, you'll probably be like, that's basically what they said. And what happened? And it worked out. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, so you said to chill. I was mad. I was legit mad. Yeah, I know you were. Like the fucking fucking the spider monsters don't told me to go fuck, fuck myself. Don't want to. They didn't want to help. I got through a magical hissy fit. <laughs> it's like just fuck. It's like shit. I got man. my astral tummy all upset. <laughs> but um, no, I just, I had to make amends. Where it's like, hey, I'm yo, I'm sorry. You was right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. You. What did I say was gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And what happened? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then uh, some some absolute mad lad handed me this brick of a tome. Uh, the the incredibly hard. Well, I don't want to say incredibly hard to find, but you don't definitely don't just find a find copies of it laying around on your your way to the Barnes and Noble. But uh, I was gifted by someone very dear to me a copy of what I believe is Bertio's last book or latest book. I don't think he's done anything since this. Yeah, I don't think so either. Michael Yeah, Michael P. Bertio. I didn't know his middle initial was P. He's a Thelemite. Say what? He's a Thelemite. Oh, they always got uh-huh. the B in there somewhere. Yeah, or the Michael. B. Yeah, Michael Bertio's ontological graffiti, which uh, I gotta say, I'm very. It's it's nice. It's always nice to have the physical copy, but especially a book like this where it's just it's filled with his art and doodlings and and paintings and scribbles. And I, I just find uh, I find his artwork as um, as rustic or as primitive as it can come across. Sometime I've. I really find it fascinating. I really like it. And this book is huge. It's a it's an absolute slab. And uh it's great stuff. Really great stuff. I'm so happy to have it. I'm I'm still waiting where it's like, you know what? I guarantee I'm gonna read this and something relevant to what I've been worrying about or thinking about is gonna pop up in here. I haven't seen any references to uh the Baron or anybody yet, but uh, there's there's a lot of his fake not voodoo in here, so I can sink my teeth into it. Well, hell yeah, yep, yep. So working on that. Uh, gotta gotta dig through this because this is quite frankly, it's a Birdio book. <laughs> By that, it's a a nigh incomprehensible menagerie of many different ideas. This isn't a uh, this isn't a straightforward book about like I'm going to talk about this and explain this. This is like 20 different chapters on completely different. There's correspondence where he's talking to different like we did a seance and somebody was writing down the answers or then the questions and everything. And then it's like, oh, yeah, and we're going to talk about the trans yogithian transmission that you guys need to be down with and. Then you turn a page and it's like, oh yeah, here's Abram Ellen. And uh sounds pretty par for the yep, course yep, for Birdio. It's wild, but uh it's fun because like you literally just flip through it and see it's like, hey, that catches my eye. Let me read this section. Let me read this part. 
what about you? How's uh how's the work going on your end? With you being down here for the holiday, it's been a little been a little oddball, I'm sure. Yeah. Um stop flipping the goddamn book. It's getting picked up by the mic. Listeners. That's the book. Thanks for clipping it. Oh my bad. Anyway, um, yeah, it's um, you know, I've I've been sleeping on people's couches or well, not literally, but I've been sleeping at people's houses and not really been uh able to do a whole lot. I did get to do some shit with you mm-hmm. for Solstice, which is pretty cool, and get something started for another thing we're doing. Other than that, I've just been doing the basic things that I can do. Like, you know, I did bring some stuff with me, so so haven't been a whole lot there. Just kind of uh waiting to see how the things are going and figure out what the new year is bringing. Yep, yep. And this will probably go out after New Year's, or undoubtedly going out after New Year's. So. Yeah, but hopefully before Orthodox Christmas. Yep, yep. So a very merry Orthodox Christmas to all of you, dear listeners, and to all a good rebaptism. <laughs> You must redo the laying of hands. The consecrations will not be accepted. So with that, this has been Chaos Magic News. The only podcast that still respects the chain of apopolic succession. Apostolic? (laughs) Alcoholic. Alcoholic succession. If you, too, want to buy some very poorly put together (laughs) occult garbage... (laughs) Well, we don't have anything for sale yet, but as soon as it's there, you can find it at chaosmagicnews.com where we'll have links to the pod, links to our very prolific interview series with some of the the latest and greatest in the innovative edge of occultism. We'll also have the occasional article. And if that doesn't tickle your fancy, you can always find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, threads, uh, instagram and you can just get dank memes and also get notified whenever anything new like an episode or something goes live we've also got a discord full of uh wild and crazy people that just yeah i don't know it's the wild west in there at this point (laughs) (laughs) we've got people that are like at this point pretty long time homies and then just people wander in and shoot your paw and then everything goes wild Am I forgetting anything? Um, I'll edit out this part if it's not up by the time this goes up. We also now have a Patreon. Yay! You can find more about that by going to patreon.com slash chaosmagicnews hopefully. You could support us for as little as what, a dollar? Yeah, as little as you want. As much as you want. We have some very ridiculous and stupid things that you could possibly give us money for. Yeah, and we're we're working on getting the Patreon exclusive content together. And maybe uh merch is on the way too, in case you need a shirt that says, I listen to a podcast. <laughs> if you too want your parents to ask you weird questions about what's this shirt, but with that, uh host Lumbo would you like the last word ah nah you're, you're fine I'm gonna get out of here ah it's just just one more thing 
All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Ow. Fuck, that hurt.